This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. somebody's 
uh, house the other day for iftar, and um, on their coffee table they had, uh, you know people put like little snacks and stuff out on the coffee table, so he had some nuts and things like that, some peanuts and different things like that, and in there he had M&M's as well, mixed in, it was all mixed up, so of course, you know, I was picking the M&M's out of there. So I wasn't interested in eating any of the peanuts. I was picking out the M&M's and, you know, we just cracked a few jokes about that. But, like, those peanuts and those M&M's are completely just mixed up. But when you separate all the M&M's out of the peanuts and you separate them completely, that's the meaning of the word MTS. It's to completely separate something that was mixed up before. So subhanAllah, Allah addresses these people. And He says, I want you to separate. You were mixed up before. Meaning in the life of this world, you were all mixed up. Everybody's crossing paths, living in the same neighborhoods, kids going to the same schools, shopping at the same supermarkets, attending the same iftar parties. Oh, just everybody's just mixed up. And this is very, very profound. That sometimes there can be a lack of realization of the path that somebody is going down. Obliviousness. You were just living all mixed up together. There was no distinction. Right, wrong, people of Jannah, people of Allah, everybody was mixed up living. But there were some people who were living a conscious lifestyle. Fine, you didn't cross paths, you didn't drive up and down the same streets, you lived in the same neighborhood, your kids went to the same school, sure. But at the same time, those were people that were living a different lifestyle than you were. And then you people, the people Allah is addressing, you had no consciousness of Allah. You didn't care about the commands of Allah. You didn't care about obeying about Allah. Fine, you might have had like some similar social circles as these people. Like I said, some interaction. You lived in the same area. But at the same time, there was a difference between the two of you. So this is showing us something very profound. That we're living up mixed up in this world. And this is telling us something else as well. Sometimes, the punishment of Allah doesn't come immediately. Some people who are living a disobedient life to Allah, disobeying Allah, being ungrateful to Allah, they continue living life. Same thing like I keep saying, they have jobs and houses and schools and neighborhoods. and They, they live life. The punishment of Allah doesn't come on them in a very harsh, open manner in the life of this world. But that should not fool them. That should not deceive them. That shouldn't be validation. They should take this as validation. Now look, I don't... I don't believe in Allah, I don't pray, I'm not grateful to Allah, I don't obey Allah, I commit all these long lists of sins, but I don't see lightning coming down through the roof of my house. I don't see the punishment of Allah coming to get me and grab me. I make a comfortable living, I live in a nice house, I wear nice clothes, my kids go to the best schools, we drive nice cars, I mean everything's good, everything's okay. They should not confuse that as some type of a validation. Oh, mashallah. Because the Qur'an tells us that the blessing of Allah is of two types. There's quantity and then there's quality. Allah grants quantity to people who are even disobedient to Him. He mentions, فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ فَلَمَّا نَسُمَا ذُكِّرُوا بِي فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ When they forget that which they were reminded of, the Qur'an, the Messenger, Islam, it was reminding them, you need to Realize your purpose and your, your, your real purpose in life. Why you were created, what you're meant to do with this life. But they forget that, they neglect that, they ignore that. Allah says, We have opened the doors of everything upon them. Then they get very happy and they enjoy and they live in happiness and they're enjoying all these, all these things that Allah has given to them. 
We take them all of a sudden, without any forewarning, then all of a sudden they're bankrupt, empty-handed, with nothing left to show, completely hopeless of any good ever coming their way. So some people will live this life, and this huge punishment of Allah will not fall upon them. But when they leave this world, and they move on to the next life, Allah will hold them accountable. So they shouldn't live in delusions. This is a trick of shaitan. Just look at you. You must be a good person. You must be doing everything okay. Everything is going good for you. Like I said, you don't have stones raining down on you with your name written on it from the sky. You must be doing fantastic. Keep doing what you're doing. You're alright. So this is a trick of shaitan. But on the day of judgment, Allah is saying, I want you to separate yourselves now. Yeah, fine, you lived in the life of this world. I gave you time. I let you do what you needed to do. But now separate yourselves. You know who you are. Al-Yawm, today. Now once again, this is the third time that this word Al-Yawm has occurred in this passage. Very few ayat, the third time this word. فَالْيَوْمَ لَا تُدْلَمُ نَفْسُ إِنَّ أَصْحَابَ الْجَنَّةِ الْيَوْمِ Al-Yawm, I told you, means today. Today. Now, and I mentioned this previously that the reason why this word Al-Yawm is used is trying to make you picture this. As if it's happening right here, right now. It wants you to live it. It wants you to experience it on an emotional level. Put yourself in those shoes. Imagine you yourself going through this. So imagine standing there in a group of people and you see the you see the gates of Jannah and you see the blazing fire of hell right in front of you. Reality is reality today. There's no more delusions now. There's no second guessing. There's no confusion. You see everything for the way it is. And you're standing there and all of a sudden now it's being said, Alright now, I want you to separate yourselves. Criminals, people who have done wrong, people who disobeyed Allah, separate yourselves. You know who you are. Imagine just the sinking feeling that person will have. Imagine being in that position. Just that sinking feeling, oh my God, I'm one of those people. No, 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 no. And then he's going to try to hide himself. He's going to try to pretend like he belongs with the other group. But nobody can play games on that day. Allah knows exactly who you are. He knows what's hidden within the hearts. And he'll separate those people. So imagine that feeling. So it's like you're being called out. Separate yourselves today. Oh criminals. The word mujrim literally means, doesn't it just mean a criminal, it means a convicted, sentenced criminal. Somebody who did something wrong, and now he is having to deal with the consequences of his crime. He's having to pay the price of his crime. That is a mujrim. Convicted, sentenced criminal. So Allah is calling them, that's it, you're convicted, everything, it's done, you're convicted, you're sentenced, come on now, you know who you are. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to tell them why this is happening. And this is the blessing of the Qur'an, think about this, subhanAllah, think about this. You know sometimes when somebody does something wrong, and then they are given the sentence, or the penalty, or the fine of what they've done wrong? You know sometimes people say, if I knew it was this bad, I wouldn't have done it to begin with. If I knew it would be this bad, I never would have done it. That this is what I would have to pay, I wouldn't have done it. Well, guess what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so merciful. This is what's meant by the mercy of Allah. You know people, there, there's a lot of discussion today, and non-Muslims and atheists and people like this, they bring this up. They say, look at this, Islam and Quran, and your Lord Allah, so, so, ven- so vengeful, so angry, so merciless. 
talks about hellfire and you punish people and burn people. What is this? No mercy? No forgiveness? SubhanAllah, our Lord is so merciful. He's given us every opportunity. At, at the end of the day, there has to be some responsibility on our shoulders. There has to be. That's the only sensible thing. So, look how merciful Allah is. Allah is letting us know in advance. It's like you being told, okay, you're going to have to give a test. You have a test in seven days. Oh, and here, by the way, here's the answer key for the test. You have a test in seven days, here's the answer key. Here's the cheat sheet. You have six days to memorize it. Six days you have to memorize it, and then just show up on the seventh day and give the test. How easy would that be? And if somebody still fails the test, whose fault is it? The teacher? Can you say, oh, what a mean teacher, what a horrible teacher. He likes to fail his students. It'd be stupid if somebody said something like that. It'd be foolish. How merciful is that teacher? How nice is that teacher? He's so nice, he's probably a little too nice. He's making it too easy for his students. Allah has given us all the answers right here. He's literally telling us what will happen to these people, what their mistake was, what they did wrong, what they could have done right. He's telling us everything right now, right here, in advance. So that we can read it, we can understand it, and we can fix it. Now if I still go home, and I don't do anything about it, and I don't live it, and I don't fix it, then who do I have to blame but myself? I'm the one who messed up. I'm the one who did wrong. So Allah is going to address, Allah addresses these people now. He says, Alam, a'ahad ilaykum. Had I not given you responsibility, a'ahad ilaykum. Literally means, had I not entrusted to you, had I not given you the responsibility, made you responsible. Ya bani Adam, O sons of Adam, O children of Adam, what, had I, what, what responsibility did I give you? What did I tell you just not to do? What was your own responsibility? Allah ta'budu That do not, Allah ta'budu shaitan, that do not worship shaitan. And the word worship we normally translate it, but the real meaning of the word ibadah means to willingly enslave yourself to something. To become a slave of something. To devote and dedicate yourself to something. That don't devote and dedicate yourself to shaitan. Don't become a slave of shaitan. Don't become a slave of the system of shaitan. And what does it mean to be a slave of shaitan? Worship shaitan. What does that mean? It means don't end up following the path that shaitan has laid out. Which is based on arrogance. Defiance. Disobedience. Look back to what Allah tells us about shaitan in the Quran. When Allah created Adam alayhi salam and told the malaika to do sujood and shaitan, he told Iblis to do sujood, what did he say? He refused, denied. Arrogance. You created me from fire, you created him from clay. I'm better. I'm better than him. How could you tell me to do sujood in front of him? Arrogance, defiance, disobedience, unapologetic, not remorseful for what he's done, headstrong, foolhardy. Just, yeah, so. And then on top of that, I swear by your power, O Allah, your honor, your power, your might, O Allah, that I will lead all of them astray. All of the sons of Adam, all the children of Adam, all the human beings. I'll come from in front of them, from behind them, from the right of them, from the left of them. I'll come at them from all angles, with all different schemes. All different types of confusion. 
And what's the crux of the matter? This is what I wanted to talk about. A few days ago I talked about the, the concept, how the Qur'an develops obedience within us. How the Qur'an teaches us how to live. And shukr is one of those very important. Shukr, gratitude, becoming grateful is very important. It's a direct result of the reminder of the Qur'an. And becoming grateful makes us obedient, makes us slaves. It makes it, 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 it makes it very easy for us to completely devote and dedicate ourselves to Allah. Shaitan's problem is he was a grateful. And he made a promise that I'm going to make sure that most of these human beings are not grateful to you, Ya Allah. So worshiping Shaitan, enslaving yourself to Shaitan, giving into Shaitan, buying into the tricks of Shaitan, means becoming ungrateful to Allah. Allah ta'ala So Allah says, I told you not to fall victim to these tricks and this deception. And not become ungrateful. But to remain grateful. To maintain your focus. Why? Because most definitely he, Shaytan, Lakum, he is for you. Exclusively for you, he is He is a very, very clear, known, open enemy. What this, this is mentioned about Shaitan time and time again in the Quran, that he's a very open enemy, a very clear enemy. You know what this means? First of all, it means that Shaitan's not hiding his animosity to us. I mean, the Quran is telling us, he proclaimed, screamed, I will most definitely lead all of them astray. So Shaitan's not hiding his animosity, his hatred for us. The Quran talks about, there's a passage in the Quran, I covered this in, in some of the tafsir uh, uh, sessions that I did last year. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about a conversation that the people of hellfire will have with Shaitan. وَقَالَ شَيْطَانُ لَمَّا قُضِيَ الْأَمَرِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَعَدَكُمْ وَعَدَ الْحَقُ وَعَدْتُكُمْ فَأَخْلَفْتُكُمْ Shaitan will tell the people in hellfire. Hassan al-Bastabi describes the scene, it's like Shaitan is like the khatib. He stands on a member of fire. In hellfire, all the inhabitants of Jahannam are in front of him and he addresses them and says, when everything is said and done, they're all doomed to Jahannam, he's going to tell them, Allah made a true promise to you. I also made a promise to you, but I lied to you. I have no control over you. I, mean, I, I couldn't make you do anything. All that I did was I simply told you, hey, why don't you try that? I, rec- I made recommendations. You're the one who followed my recommendations. That's your fault. You're the one who saw the commercial and said, yeah, that seems like a good idea. You were the one who bought into my advertisement, my marketing. That's all I did. I'm, I'm in the business of marketing, Shaitan says. I'm, I'm a marketer, that's all I do. You're the one who bought my stock, who bought into what I was saying. So don't, don't blame me. Blame yourselves. Blame yourselves. So Shaitan, he's openly declared, he's our enemy. He doesn't want good for us, he wants bad for us. That's the first thing. Second thing, Quran is clearly telling the shaitan is your enemy. The prophets told the shaitan is your enemy. Look at the human experience. Look at human beings all around you. It makes it obvious that the path of shaitan and the path of shaitan is not good for people. You know, if you look around, look around you in society, and you see people very obviously disobeying a life, following a life, a, a, a life, the lifestyle of shaitan, the lifestyle that shaitan is peddling. You look at people who are living that life; it makes things very obvious. Only, once again, it would only take a person 
uh, who, who has a cloak over his eyes. It would take a person who's not thinking clearly, not seeing clearly, doesn't want to see the truth, to not realize. Because when you look at such people, you know what you see? You see small, temporary moments of pleasure. You see small, small, temporary moments, experiences of pleasure. But overwhelmingly, the more, the more long-term effects or the long-term implications of their lifestyle is that they're miserable. You find no happiness, true happiness. No contentment, no peace, no tranquility, no real satisfaction in life. No real pleasure, no real happiness. It's small, small little moments here and there bursts. Just like if you know somebody who takes drugs, what are you trying to talk, convince them? What are you trying to convince them? That I know for the first the 15 minutes after you take after you take a hit, the first 15, 20 minutes you feel fantastic. Oh, whatever, maybe even 30 minutes, an hour, you feel great, or on top of the world, or on a cloud. But what are the long-term effects? You're miserable. You have nobody around you. You've scared away all your loved ones. You're constantly just craving and fiending and jonesing. So you try to tell them because you see how miserable this human being is except for those couple of hours a day when they're taking their drugs. Otherwise this person's miserable. And you try to tell them, well, people who are living a shaitan lifestyle are the same way. They have moments of pleasure here and there. But overwhelmingly they have no real contentment, no happiness, no satisfaction in life. You know when you're fasting, this is Ramadan, when you're fasting, the happiness that you feel, the, the tranquility and the peace that you find, peace of heart, the peace of mind that you feel, when you're standing in Salawiyah and listening to the beautiful Qur'an being recited, they don't experience these things. He most definitely for you is a very clear, very open, obvious enemy. So what does Allah want? What Allah says, what did I tell you to do? What did I want you to do in life? Rather that you worship me, what I wanted you to do, what I had given you a responsibility was, what I wanted you to do, was that you enslave yourself to me, to Allah. You devote and dedicate yourself to me, to Allah. You worship me. That is what Allah is saying. That the real purpose in life, the real uh, purpose that Allah has given to us in life, is to worship Allah, to serve Allah, to devote and dedicate ourselves to Allah, to be slaves of Allah. To be slaves of Allah. Completely live for the sake of Allah. Live to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That was your purpose in life. And what is the slavery of Allah? What does that entail? What does that involve? Humility. Humbleness. Knowing, realizing, I don't know everything. I don't know anything. Allah knows everything. Allah knows everything. He knows what's best for me. I don't know. To humble yourself in Allah. Allah has given me everything that I have. To be grateful to Allah. Not only has He given me everything that I have, and I realize that, but I'm grateful to Him for it. And I'll do whatever it takes in order to express my gratitude to Him, to show Him that I'm grateful. Subhanallah. This, this, this last part of this ayah, this phrase right here is very powerful. Hada, hada is ismul ishara, it's a pointing word. And there are two types of points. There's hada, hada is for near. Dhalika is for far. Hada means near. And what's the, what's the consequence, what's the implication of something being near? It's right there. It's accessible. If something's far, you have to get up and walk and go get it. What if something's near, right next to you? Just pick it up, right? Just like that. It's a lot easier to access. Allah saying, This is it. Right here. It's this easy. 
It's right there. And what is it? Sirat al-Mustaqim. A straight path. A straight path. Meaning, look how accessible it was. Look how easy it was. Look how natural it was. Because isn't it natural to be obedient to Allah? That's what our fitrah tells us. Our innate nature. Fitratullahi lati fatara nasa aliyah. That's what our fitrah tells us. To be obedient to Allah. To devote and dedicate ourselves to Allah. Allah said, Mustaqim. That was this right here. This was the straight path. It was just that easy. It was that simple. You could have accessed it right there. But you left the easy and went for the difficult. That's something that's important that we have to understand. What Allah, obedience of Allah, and what Allah has made permissible is easy. Disobedience of Allah. And going after that which Allah has made impermissible is actually more difficult. It's tougher. It's rough. It's, it's difficult. has more consequences. But you left it easy. You left it comfortable. You left it very accessible. You went to that which was inaccessible. That which was difficult. You put yourself through more trouble. To end up in more trouble. See, that's the trick of shaitan. And then finally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, despite all of this, you know how sad the condition of mankind is? Despite all of this, the, you know everything we've talked about now, doesn't everything seem pretty obvious? Seems like basic elementary le- lessons. Don't follow shaitan, follow Allah, of course. Obey Allah, don't obey shaitan, of course. Worship Allah, don't worship shaitan, of course. The straight path is the best way of life, the quickest, easiest way to get to Jannah, to get to Allah, of course. But you know what? Despite this being so obvious, and so easy, and so simple, you know how pitiful sometimes people are? How pathetic human beings can be? Allah says, but what's the reality of the situation? That most definitely, He has led astray from amongst you, Jibillah. Jibil comes from the same root as the word Jabal in the Arabic language, which means a mountain. It basically means like a, something that's huge, going way up high into the sky. So Jibil, when you say it like this, it actually means a huge group of people. A huge group of people. A huge collection of people that literally, it's like they're stacked up on top of each other. You know when this hall is completely full and you say, it's like people were sitting on top of each other? You know when a hall is really full? You say, oh man, at Eid it was horrible. It's like people were sitting on top of each other. That's called Jibin. Huge crowd of people. Literally where they're stacked on top of each other. Allah says that despite all of this, Shaitan was still able to lead astray from amongst you a huge, abundant crowd, just a huge number of people. Jibin lam kathira. A huge number of people. Afalam Didn't you use this? That's literally what it means. Didn't you think for a moment? Didn't you apply your brain, your intellect for a, for a minute? Because if you would have thought just for a minute, you would have just opened your mind for a second, you would have rationally just considered what you were doing and what were the consequences of the choices you were making, you wouldn't have done this. A sane, intelligent person can't do this. أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ هَدَاهُمُ اللَّهُ People of intelligence, they don't make foolish choices like this. You would have, you would have realized what you were doing, but you didn't think, and that's what's really, really, that's what's tragic. That's what makes people like this criminals. You know why? Because education, oh, they have the highest. They're very intelligent. Master's degrees and PhD degrees and professional degrees. Very, very successful. Very intelligent. Very educated people. 
in their work, in their jobs, in their businesses, in their careers. Exceptional, exemplary. In investing money in politics and society, socially navigating community, social status, all these things, oh, they're fantastic. Brilliant. Amazing. Exceptional. So they're so good at everything. But their brains shut down when they came here. They didn't apply themselves mentally, intelligently, intellectually, the way they did other places in life. And this answers another question. Sometimes people say, you know, if Islam is so logical, so reasonable, so obvious, then all these brilliant people, there's been so many brilliant people in all different walks and fields of life who maybe didn't realize the truth of Islam. Maybe they even came across Islam, interacted with Islam, came across it, but still didn't accept it. So were they not as smart as we think they are? Or on the other hand, is there a problem? Well, there's two answers to this question. Tana, how to solve this predicament. First thing is we know Hidayah guidance is in the hands of Allah. Allah is the one who guides people. It's not, it's not based on qualification. It's a gift from Allah. But there is another answer to this question as well. And the answer to that question is that sometimes people don't apply that same intelligence that they bring to the table at their, at their colleges or at their work or at their businesses or society or politics or money. The same fervor, the same energy, the same intelligence, the same commitment that they bring to other things in life. They don't bring it when they come and sit down and talk about guidance and hidayah and Allah and Quran and salah and masjid and deen and Islam. They don't bring those same things. That's a huge problem. And even within the Muslim community, even those who have said, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, that's a huge problem. We don't bring our A game to deen. We bring it to work. We bring it to business. We bring it to education, politics, and money. We bring it to all these things. But we don't bring our A game to deen. Deen's a very ritual thing. You stand up, about two and a half minutes is a good amount of time to be standing, then there's record, and you recite a surah about this big. I mean, we don't bring that same level of intelligence. What does it mean? What am I saying? What, 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 what's, what's the depth of it? Let me reflect on it. Understand it. Commit myself to it. Do, and that's why the Prophets, the Qur'an and the Prophet ask us to do one thing when we practice. And that is ihsan. Practice Islam, practice deen, live Islam with excellence. Do it to the best of your ability. And on that are the promises of Allah. فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنَا أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ هَدَاكُمُ اللَّهُ وَأُولَٰئِكَ مُلَٰئِكَ Allah will further guide those people. He will give further guidance to these people and those are people of true intelligence. So what we cover today from ayah number 59 to ayah number 62 is kind of an introduction. First of all, a separating. So we talked about the amazing people and the amazing gifts and the blessing and the pleasure of Jannah that they're enjoying from ayah number 55 to ayah number 58. Now Allah and ayah number 59 can separate. You know who you are. You've been convicted, you've been sentenced, now separate, step aside. And then Allah is giving an introduction. Allah is letting them know that, listen, if you feel frustrated, if you feel angry, well guess what? Be angry at yourself. Allah didn't do this to you, you did this to yourself. We reside in ayah today in the recitation, Surah Al-Ghafir, Surah Al-Mu'min, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا يُنَادَوْنَ لَمَقَتُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ مِنْ مَقَتِكُمْ أَنفُسَكُمْ إِنْتُدْعَوْنَ إِلَى الْإِمَاثَ فَتَكْفُرُونَ That the people who have disbelieved 
who were disobedient, ungrateful, and disbelieved in Allah, yunadun, they'll be called out to on the day of judgment, they'll be told, لَمَقْتُ أَكْبَرُ مِنْ مَقْتِكُمْ أَنفُسَكُمْ If you're angry with yourself today, well guess what? You're frustrated with what's going on today? Allah was even more frustrated, more angry with you. When you used to be called to iman, when you were called to iman, فَتَكْفُرُونَ But you disbelieved, you rejected it. So this has happened to you because of your own choice. I have given you responsibility. That all human being, don't follow the path of shaitan. He's your open enemy. He's called himself your enemy. But yet you treat him like a friend. That's the other thing I wanted to say about Didn't you use your brain? You know if you have a child, you have a son, and some bad kids that are taking advantage of him, they do something bad and then they get him in trouble. They do something bad and they go to the principal's office and say, he did it. And he continues to keep hanging out with him. What do you eventually tell him? See, forget, I don't even want to punish you anymore. Just, are you really that foolish? Are you really that simple-minded? Can't you? Can't you? Don't you understand? They're taking advantage of you. Can't you tell the difference between who's your friend and who's your enemy? Allah is telling you the same thing. You treated shaitan like a friend even though he was your enemy. And who was your true friend? Allah. Who is the wali of the, uh, the, the wali, the mawla of the mu'mineen, the believers? Allah. He was your true friend. He was your ally. He was facilitating everything for you. But you ended up neglecting Allah, who was your true friend. And you treated your open enemy, your worst enemy, shaitan, like a friend. Didn't you think even for a moment? And because you didn't think what ended up happening, and you find this huge crowd, huge number of people literally where they're stacked on top of each other, all of them were led astray by shaitan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the ability to practice everything that's been said and heard. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallah wa bihamdik, nashahu wa la ilaha illa ta'ala